Welcome to the Wheatful Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Goff, and I'm so excited you're here. I'm an online product shop owner over at Wheat & Honey Co., a business strategist leading women-owned, profitable, and purposeful businesses, and your host here at the Wheatful Woman Podcast. Join us as we have fun and soulful conversation with a bunch of girlfriends pursuing a life full of intention and purpose. We are here to give you space and tools for your holistic wellness journey and hope you leave each episode feeling a bit more full than when you came. All right, Wheatful Women, let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome to the season finale of season one of the Wheatful Woman podcast. Today's episode is very near and dear and special to my heart. I knew when this podcast started that I wanted to host guests and women that are empowered and vulnerable and seeking community and growth in their faith and all of the things that we also desperately need. And I knew that I wanted to end each season with a male voice and male perspective. And what better way to do that than through my husband, Michael Gaw. I was inspired to invite Michael to the final episode of the season to let y'all into my life that much more. Michael is my very best friend, encourager, challenger, and literally the informal COO of Wheat and Honey Co. and Wheatful Woman. Michael's influence over my life always goes back to the theme of, hey, Brittany just love. He has taught me how to pay attention for opportunities to love others big and small. My favorite part of recording this episode was having my business bestie, Mary Beth Carter, or MB as I call her, come on and host us for this Q&A. She has known Michael since the very beginning and our very first date and as someone that is near and dear to my heart. So I'm excited to let you all into today's episode with Mary Beth and Michael. Here it is. Hey guys, we are so excited to be hanging out tonight. I am sitting at my makeshift desk right now that used to be our dining room table <laughs> with my husband, Michael, hey, and one of my very best friends, Mary Beth. Hello. And we're excited to be recording an episode that's going to be our season one finale. And this one is going to be a really neat conversation where you all get to come into my world that much more. And we just had pizza and salad and we're hanging out. And this is just a continuation of that. So I'm excited for you all to get to know Mary Beth. She's one of my first post-college friends. Mm -hmm. And definitely the word that keeps coming to mind is one of my fiercest friends. She's a friend that has been with me through so much. We've had hard conversations. We've had disagreements. We have had the most honest conversations through it all. And we met in Dallas while looking for a church home Mm -hmm. and made a pact in the parking lot. If we're doing this, we're doing this together and joined a community group and committed to invest in other women that were in similar seasons. And now we have just continued to be friends over the years. Mary Beth is in the airline industry and has been her entire career post-college. And lives in Dallas and loves to travel and has a precious golden retriever. We're golden retriever mamas together. (laughs) We are a big family around here. Golden. We are. And Mary Beth, fun fact, was one of the original 
motivators behind Wheat and Honey and a part of that from the beginning and someone that I really admire and respect in the business space and has just encouraged me to go for it and has Mm -hmm. been a part of it all the way along. So I'm excited to have you here, Mary Beth. Thank you for having me, Britt. What an introduction, too. (laughs) That's a lot to live up to because there is so much truth in it and there is so much more. Um, because I have just absolutely loved learning from you and your friendship and your just true blessing that you and Michael <laughs> bring to the my world and just the day in and day out. And just to have a best friend like you is incredible on a best friend level, on almost even a mentor and a business partner level. Um, There's just so much that you bring to the table, and I am just honored to be able to kind of have a little Q&A with my two (laughs) favorite people. Yep, you're our favorite person, too. (laughs) And we're just excited to dive in and get to know you guys a little bit more. Mm. Um, I'm going to put you on the hot spot, though. (laughs) Okay. And we might even start off with some questions for Michael, because... All right. I when I first um, came over tonight, I was like, "Listen, Michael, we're we're gonna get pretty deep. We're gonna ask some good questions. Yeah, we're gonna ask me. about your marriage and how you've built this." And he looked at me and he was like, "Oh no, what am I getting myself into?" Yeah, it was. <laughs> and yeah. there's so many more things, but this is where it's fun just to sit back and get to know you as an amazing man that I even look to. Mm -hmm. And a little background on my side, I am recently single as well. So I am shout out to all you single girls. I am (laughs) definitely in this season, back in the season and learning um, from Brittany and Michael and have always learned so much from your relationship. So one thing um, that I've always loved about Michael is just his true heart and his passion for people and where he continues just to shine. And Michael, I would love just to start and dive in and learn a little bit even about your passion for ministry and for special needs. Okay. And I would love to hear just like your take on how you've kind of crafted that skill because it truly is a passion and a skill and it's a gift. Um, to be able to, to minister in that way and something that I've always looked to you to mm-hmm. kind of be a light for. Um, so I'd love to kind of just dive in right there and say, how, how did you just have that passion? How did, how did this all kind of come about? Was it somebody in high school? Was it somebody that you grew up with? Can you even think back that far? Yeah. <laughs> Michael, yeah. where, where are we at? Um, <laughs> wow. Okay. What an intro. Um, <laughs> So, um, I think she's hyping me up too much. I think MB and my wife are really trying to, they're really, they're hyping me up. So, I got to live up to it now. So, anyways, um, I, so about sixth grade or so, um, I started to stutter a lot. And I think that really just um, started to instill in me always fighting for the, Underdog, when mm-hmm. someone looks down um, or doesn't, um, someone looks down on you mm-hmm. or thinks that, hey, they're weak or they don't have a lot to give, it just started to make me open my eyes a little bit more. And so through all that, I just started to notice 
a little bit more of the world that was going around me at 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 a younger age than most people do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that came, I just developed, and I think the Lord um, really placed strongly on my heart, kids and adults with special needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have always, it's always, I just have a heart for them. Mm-hmm. Um, they just always had a special place in my heart. I think there's a lot that we can learn Absolutely. from the special needs community. Mm-hmm. And if it's just that if we take our time to open our eyes yeah. and not feel sorry for them because I've talked with a lot of people mm-hmm. and they just want to be treated how we all want to be treated. They want to have conversations like we're having right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really where it started was developed through, okay, hey, I've got a stutter and let's just roll with it. And then noticing the world around me. Mm-hmm. And I just love the keyword that you used is time. Mm-hmm. It's taking the time to pause and recognize the situations or just the people around you. Mm-hmm. Because I I am so guilty of being the first to be like, oh, uh oh, like what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to react? And I overthink and then I don't do anything and then I mm-hmm. the moment's gone. Um and I think that you have always had a gift where you recognize what is happening, even back to one of the previous conversations that you've got um have had is I in a story that I love about your just even just looking back to your dating life. Um, so another another precursor to this is that I was a part of the full <laughs> dating life when the Michael would drive forty five minutes to come see Brittany, and I'd be like, "What? <laughs> this guys don't even come like you know like like don't even drive five minutes down the street in Dallas." And Michael was driving forty five minutes, and I was just always just shocked that somebody would put somebody else's needs or someone else's desires in front of their own. And that was, that was like the first foundation. And I was like, "Mm, maybe, maybe we should. And I say we, because I take Brittany on and I'm like, we're a team Brittany. So we're going to take on Michael. If if, you know, however this works, we just want to see what, what what is Michael going to bring to the table? Yeah, Mm -hmm. There were, there were multiple times I would show up at Brittany's apartment and I would, would you feel the pressure? Uh, there was really no pressure because <laughs> I was so hangry from traffic yes, and being hungry. True, true. So I would literally show up and she would be super sweet. Hey, how was your day? Tell me about it. And I would literally just have to start saying, and this is once we got more comfortable with e- with with each other, I would literally have to start saying, listen, I'm starving. Uh-huh. Give me like 10 minutes and, and like, let's get talk. to the restaurant mm-hmm. and once I eat, I will I will tell you everything you want to know. But right now, I'm starving, so I may not talk a whole lot. I love it. And that's just, you know. We're still like that. We have to set yeah, the stage. We're yeah. still like that. Two years into marriage, and we're still like that. Okay, so, so the, key, the key to success is some good food. Yep. Exactly. Yep. I love it. Hey, and well, the other key to success is making sure that you feel fulfilled of course, individually and within your marriage, but something that not a lot of people know about you, but you're pretty, pretty talented rugby player, would we say? Uh, Australian rules <laughs> oh, football. Football. Let's, let's be careful now. Oh, oh, I have it There's wrong. A, oh, I love it. And you guys, if you would have seen his full expression, I, I said the wrong <laughs> word. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, so oh, and that's I'm how I explain it to people. Already, it's like rugby. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, it's, so, it's so kind of like rugby. Footy. So it's, yeah, footy. Okay. It's footy, mate. And oh, so, here we go. Um, okay. 
But yeah, no, I just, one of Brittany's good friends, um, her husband asked if I wanted to come try out for the team about three years ago. And um, I went and tried out with the team and it wasn't really a trial. It was just kind of show up and they talk you into Uh staying on the team. And I fell in love with it. It's just a great group of guys. It's a fun sport to play. And it's just a good fun community to be around so yeah i i love it and if you guys have a chance for any guys listening or <laughs> ladies if you want to <laughs> sign um, up your men sign up your men or just even check it out you can go to youtube oh or, my goodness. he's gonna give the whole natural <laughs> or uh or if you're staying up late one night just you know they've got the professional games on from australia and mm-hmm. It's just a fun sport to watch. I so. love it. I love it. And it is so much different than mm-hmm. the American football that we're all so used to and so mm-hmm. ready to come back uh, and be live back on in the scope in the States. I, I just, I had to bring that up because I don't know if everyone knows this, but, and I hate bringing this up, but Michael, how, how tall are you? How tall are you? I am 6'7". <laughs> I'm proud so of you it. guys, I, I think we all can understand that he is extremely athletic and at anything he's going to do. So we we're just we just have to shine the light a little bit. <laughs> so Brittany, then as just a natural cheerleader, how how is the whole passion for Amer- what do we call it? I footy. footy, footy. Excuse me, Australian football. Okay, so how how have you adapted to? Oh, and she even has a dingo <laughs> shirt on. I, I don't even. Dallas don't dingos. ask me what a dingo is, but that's <laughs> it's a, a whole nother issue. Yeah. Okay, dog. got it. <laughs> Yep. So as a natural cheerleader, how Mm -hmm. have you learned more and more about this sport? And probably a sport you didn't know anything about until you started dating and or married now. Yeah, still learning. Still learning. (laughs) (laughs) Still learning. It's a really cool community. So when we go out to the games, a lot of them are not local. So there are a few in Dallas that I always go to, but I've only been able to travel once. So it is a sport that I am still learning a lot about. I know the Mm -hmm. basics, but Mm -hmm. it's a really cool community. So you end up visiting with the families and the other wives and girlfriends and cheerleaders and people are there. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's been really neat. It's been a whole different community for us than the other people that we've always been around. We have our church community and our friends from when we were younger and from college and post-college and now we have our Australian friends that are all in Dallas and who would have known that there were so many Australians here, but there really are. And then there's a good amount of guys that aren't either that are just attracted to how fun loving they are and, and we always have a good time. for you. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It yeah. Good it's great. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And just kind of even speaking to community, I know Brittany, you've built this amazing community mm-hmm. today and it's just, again, it's another time for us just to sit and reflect and think as a single woman myself, like how you have cultivated this type of community within women and then now kind of bringing it into your relationship. Um, I would love just to dive into who you guys are um, together. Um, like I mentioned, I have had the privilege of watching you guys grow um, as young adults and then now throughout your dating life and now through your marriage. Um, and I know it's just been a, a long journey, but I would love to hear just from you guys a little bit about the foundation that you've built 
and um, maybe even something that you didn't know beforehand, whether that be mm. questions or little little quirks about each other that you <laughs> wish you would have known before you before you Ooh. got down on one knee, Michael. Like, come on, <laughs> there's got to be some little fun things that we we need to know a little bit more about Brit and about your relationship together today. That's a really really it's good, a loaded question. It's a loaded question. Where to begin? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we dated for three years. Yeah. Okay, three years. That's the three-ish years. And so, but we've been married for two. And engaged for one. Engaged for one. So you think that that is plenty of time and that that you feel like, hey, we should have hit the ground running marriage-wise because we were that much older and we dated for so long we had a year-long engagement and day one of being back from the honeymoon you just realize oh crap oh I know nothing I know nothing about marriage I know nothing about her what is going on? Um, what was the best advice then that you got? Or did you, were you just already? You know, the best advice was, oh shoot. So the night, the second night that uh, right before we left to go out of town, we, we were staying at a hotel in Fort Worth and a singer songwriter named Randy Foster was playing there and we just we kind of snuck into his concert through the back door. And then um, I grew up listening to him because of my dad. And we told him, we stood in line to meet him after. And we told him, hey, we just got married. Our um, our last dance, where it was just Brittany and I and no one in the room, was to one of his songs. And so I just was able to talk to him about an impact that he's had in my life. And he congratulated us, and he just said, hey, the key to marriage is to laugh and communicate. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's been some of the best advice that we've gotten um, was from a complete random stranger that it was just we need to, you know, laugh at situations where Mm -hmm. some people may not laugh, and then we um, need to we need to communicate Mm -hmm. and that sounds simple and easy and uh, a lot of people are probably listening to this going well yeah duh you know of course you have to but it's hard and with Brittany and I being complete opposites it's hard sometimes Mm -hmm. and um but when we do communicate that's been really the basis for having a great marriage so far um, it's just being open and honest with each other, no matter what the topic may be. Mm-hmm. So that answers your question. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I definitely think so. Just because I think there's so many, again, I'm kind of back into the single mindset of what, what does this look like and how do you have conversations and what kind of foundation should you build and I think you're. I think it's as simple as that. I don't think it needs to be any more complicated than we are making it to be. However, as you mentioned, you guys to be opposite. So I'd mm-hmm. love just to take a second. And you knew that that you knew <laughs> the moment you said that word that I was going to dive a little bit deeper there, Brittany. What What do you feel like? What have you learned even in the past 
let's think back to like your first few months of dating and then versus now where you are today. What did you learn then that you're like, oh, that is a difference. Maybe he said something and I didn't really agree with him. Mm -hmm. And then now as a foundation, you guys have like said, hey, this is this is how we're going to build this out. And this Mm -hmm. is the the force that we're going to go. What are your thoughts there? I think what's cool is you've been there through all of that. So for that to be a question, you can answer that one yourself. I could. <laughs> but I'll answer for you. But what's neat about Michael and I is from the very beginning, and again, this ties Mary Beth into everything. So she's just a part of the conversation here because she's been along the ride. But from the beginning, I knew that Michael's desires and the things that he was passionate about were very, very different than mine. And we had a lot of the same morals and foundation, and we both loved the Lord, and we're on our own journeys there. But as far as dreams and different parts of our personalities, they were very, very different. And what I mean by that is very different, different ends of the spectrum. And the probably the most clear example I can give goes back to Mary Beth. But Michael told me from the beginning that he wanted property. He wanted horses. He wanted bulls. He wanted chickens. He wanted space. And and you wanted to put your apron I on. I wanted a yes. off we go. We're yes. just going to be little country girls. Yes. And I, from the beginning, I remember thinking I enjoy hanging out with him. I enjoy going on dates. I like him, but that's not what I want. Mm-hmm. I want to live in the suburbs. I grew up in the suburbs. Oh, I want yeah. to have a piece of property that's maintainable, and I want to be surrounded by people. And my idea of what I thought I wanted was so different. And it was neat because at that time, Mary Beth and I were in community together, and you and I were talking about it, and I brought her into it. And what's really cool and not ironic at all is that Mary Beth's family owns a large working cattle ranch. And that it is something that she is so passionate about and something that's such a part of her. And she was one of my very best friends, still is. But at the time, we were already very, very close. And to know her and I had so much in common. And I knew she was somebody I could spend a lot of time with and be extremely happy. I thought, well, if she likes that, maybe I could give him a chance, but I I really wasn't sure that was what I wanted. And then Mary Beth was the one that told me, Britt, I think you need to be a little bit more open-minded. And through prayer and through dating and getting to know Michael, it's been cool to see now how the Lord has taken our individual dreams Mm -hmm. and made them each other's. Mm -hmm. And not because I just want to please Michael and I want to do everything he wants to do. Mm -hmm. But the Lord has shown me how things that, he's called me to complement what he's called Michael to and Michael wanting this space and this ranch and these horses to be a safe haven and a place that isn't a formal ministry or anything, but it's a space where we can invite people to come and to rest and to retreat from whatever it is that's going on in their world. It's funny now that I have been spurred on by both of you and other friends and family to step into Wheat and Honey and to step into Wheatful Woman and to have this podcast and to mm-hmm. do all these things. Mm-hmm. And now we take a step back and realize when you just follow the way the Lord spurs us on and places unique dreams, they all start to intertwine in a way that we circle. can't see. Yeah, It definitely does. But these are even conversations that you had like prior to 
even getting like on a more serious basis. Because mm-hmm. I remember those conversations like up front, you're like, who is this guy? Why does he want to be a country boy? Like, that's weird. And I, speaking from my family, I was living in the city, but I had an appreciation for that country life that is so different. And that's a whole nother conversation because it's just a different way of life completely. Mm -hmm. And it was you having to envision yourself way before marriage. Do I want to continue to pursue this relationship um, because of some uh, one of his big dreams Mm -hmm. truly Mm -hmm. because that's also how do we remember some bull riding experiences (laughs) michael do we remember that coming coming Uh about yeah so Uh uh uh-huh yeah 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 i guess we'll touch on this subject then just just briefly just tell us about your experience side story so anyways i i grew up in a family that no matter what your dreams were it was my parents and just my family in general mm-hmm. always spurred us on to say, hey, as long as you're being safe and you're not doing anything <laughs> illegal, pursue your dreams. No matter what it looks like, you don't have to be making X amount um, and that's successful. You just pursue your dreams and be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of my dreams was always to ride in the rodeo, to ride bulls in the rodeo. Um, so I found a We've school. We've lost every other person that's not from Texas yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Y'all just hang on. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Hang on. Literally. literally Here hang we on. go. Exactly. So. <laughs> you only get eight seconds. Um, eight-ish. So. My goal was to, there are bull riding schools that are um, long weekends. And so my goal was to go, to say, all right, hey, I'm going to go to five of these schools. And then I'm going to go ride down at the Saturday Night Rodeo down in the stockyards in Fort Worth. And I was going to ride one time. And that would be it. Just get all the gear have this great experience, <laughs> chase my dream, and I would be done. I would, I, I would ride, and whether I stayed on the bull for two seconds or the full eight seconds, I'd be done. One ride, and I'm done. So when I told Brittany this, she obviously freaked out, um, rightfully so. Um, so I signed up for the first class, and that was up in Colorado, and I had friends that lived about 15 minutes away from where this class was. So I stayed with them. And the very first uh, day there, uh, late afternoon, early evening, uh, the instructors say, okay, hey, who who wants to ride? And I raised my hand and said, hey, I'll, yeah, I'll ride. And, you know, six, seven. Six, boy. seven. Yes. Let's, let's all remember that. <laughs> okay. You know, I feel like you guys are picking on me right now. And that's... <laughs> That's you are fair. in the middle of So for those who are not from Texas, normally people who ride, or guys who ride bulls, um, maybe five, five? Maybe. Five, eight, okay. six foot tops. Okay. So I, get, let's give them a little bit more To my defense, I called before I spent the money and said, <laughs> hey, I'm six, seven. Is this something that you feel like I could do? And the guy told me that, hey, yeah, there's been world champions that were six, four. Hey. And also run a bull riding academy. <laughs> Three inches is not, I mean, that's whatever. So, anyways, I just thought, you know what? It's better to just go ahead and start now and because you're going to get 
throwing off the bull anyway, so let's just get this over with. Let's just get this first ride over with. So I was the last to ride that afternoon, and I drop. So I go through my shoot process. I drop on the back of the bull. Um, they tighten the rope. I wrap my hand up. I say pull. They pull the gate open. And within three seconds, the bull drops me. It doesn't launch me. It just drops me. And then on its last buck, I'm laying on the ground. And I remember laying on the ground. It drops me. And I'm laying on the ground within a split second. I think I'm too close. And... The bull steps on me, breaks three ribs, fractures two, and a laceration in each lung. And for those of you guys that have gotten to know Brittany and just her personality, you can imagine the fear that I wasn't so much worried about my ribs or the laceration in my lungs. I That was the least of my worries. My, my worries was calling her going, hey, listen, um, I know you're about to get on a flight up here, but just heads up. I'll be in the hospital. I'll be in the hospital. I'll see you when you get here. And so that's just, it, it's, that's always, there's been something about the, the ranch and cowboy lifestyle. I know it, it's not as romantic as what everyone thinks it is, but there is something that is always in me that has drawn me towards that. Mm-hmm. And I just think that it is being a part of, um, nature and being a part of just working with your hands and being a part mm-hmm. of nature and mm-hmm. just getting that satisfaction out of that and um, being around, this is going to sound really hokey, I'm sorry, but being around the creatures that God has created where it is bulls, it is it is mm-hmm. cows, it is mm-hmm. horses, that there is something you realize majestic about them and you look at them and you, you just think, okay, how can people not realize that there is a God, that there is something greater mm-hmm. out there? So, mm-hmm. I love it. I, that's the long story of it. I, I, but <laughs> it's the passion that, and you continue to have, even mm-hmm. how you talk about it. You're like, I mean, if if we turned on the TV and if it was PBR, which is professional bull riding for all those that think it might be in another drink, that's yeah. nor here nor there. However, if you you know, if you were to turn on, you would be the first to be like, Hey, I want to watch this. Is that an option? You know? Yep. It's definitely for those of you that have seen Napoleon dynamite is definitely, (laughs) I'm uncle Rico with this bull riding. (laughs) I hold on to that moment forever. Um, (laughs) one of our first big fights with Brittany and I was, we weren't married yet. And at this, when I rode, they had a professional photographer there taking pictures Mm. And he got frame by frame of my ride, even when I got stepped on. And so he told me, hey, I'll, hey, it, these are some of my best shots. And he sold me, but they're really good shots. And they're pretty good. But anyways. They're currently where? Stacked in the coat closet. Because... <laughs> I'm a, I'm not allowed to hang them up until I'm my own. Not in the living room of a one bedroom apartment. Oh yeah, here we go. (laughs) So anyways, so I spent, I ordered these pictures and I spent quite a bit framing them. Oh goodness! And that while we were saving, while we were furring, furring, of course we were. Yes, I remember these conversations. It just turned into 
a good conversation. So, anyways, long story short, that is my Uncle Rico moment. There we go. Just if I could have it, it. Mm -hmm. what could have been. It, oh man, I could have been the world champion by now. Of course, mm-hmm. and, and we so, would, and we would be there. And, exactly. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. Brittany would be the first one down, and just hooping and hollering, and yeah. just so excited mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the amazing man that you are, we are here to yeah. support you. And yeah. but I had to hang up my spurs, and you hung them up, and we're called. You know what? We're grateful for that as well. <laughs> oh, we are. We are. <laughs> we're grateful that you are alive and healthy and well because we. <laughs> need you to continue to kind of spur on Brittany Mm -hmm. and I know we've talked a little bit about your passions Mm -hmm. but Brittany I would love to kind of just turn it over to you and things that you've kind of learned through your marriage and just the foundation that you guys have built because I know being a small business owner however that was always your passion and I know that that was that's a another kind of full story of how that has all come about but Taking the, the passions of Michael and the country life and then saying, hey, but Michael, I'm also very, very gifted with the business world mm-hmm. and I want to dive in. How did you guys start having those initial conversations and how has that progressed today um, and how you kind of manage your relationship mm-hmm. when it comes to business? Whew. That's a great question. <laughs> I think we're still learning. I think every day is different. There are definitely different seasons of being a business owner, working from home, being a wife, doing it as something that was fun in the beginning, and Michael not hesitating at all. If it was something I wanted to do, Mm -hmm. he wanted me to do it. So I stepped into that, and it was a fun project when we were stationary, and then It was really cool to see after we got married, we had been married a year and a half and decided for me to take Wheat and Honey full time. And that was last July. And it was really, I don't even know how to talk about it because it's been different with every step of the way. But I think in the beginning it was, I'm working two jobs and I really think I can make something of this if I just take the leap. But then what is that going to do to our savings account so that we can have a home and have a family and do all the things we want to do? And so I did both, and that was a strain. And when we first got married, we were engaged and planning a wedding and newly married. Michael really, really stepped up. Mm-hmm. And I don't think about that often and haven't thought about it in a while until you just asked that question. But when I was working... 7 a.m. to 5, 6 p.m. for my day job and then coming home and working on Wheat and Honey until 10 and Michael would go to bed and I was still working. It was not ideal. And looking back on that, if someone else were doing that, I think I would tell them to make sure they have untouchable time with Mm -hmm. their husband. Mm -hmm. And I didn't do Mm -hmm. that because I thought the more I pour into Wheat and Honey, Mm -hmm. the sooner I can do this full time and then I'll have that balance. And so I poured and I poured and I poured. Michael cooked. Michael cleaned. Michael did our laundry. Michael. If y'all need my services, you guys can reach me at Michael's Cleaning Services. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. MichaelGoffCleaning.com. Yeah. But he did. He did a lot. And I knew it. And I was thankful yeah. for it. But in my mind, it was if I just keep hustling, if I just keep hustling, 
weekends, evenings, this is going to be full time. Uh-huh. And then we made a decision. The Lord just opened the right doors and closed the wrong ones. And we made the decision for me to go full time last July. And in doing that, I realized there is always more that you can do to build this. There is always more. And then we had a Weepful Woman event, and I was working more. And I would dare to say I was working more on just wheat and honey than I was when I had two jobs Mm -hmm. because I wanted it to be something. And I guess my takeaway and something that I'd share with people that I am still trying to figure out is there's always going to be more to do. Mm -hmm. So how do you look at where you are and find contentment with what you're striving for and what you want to achieve, but also sure. what you have Sure. and learning. If I don't make it a priority now to stop and to close my computer and not be on Instagram and not be on my phone and be with Michael yeah. or meet Mary Beth for a walk, I'm never going to do that. You have to make time right here and right now Yeah. because the more time that passes, yeah, you might achieve more. Yeah. You might go full time. Yeah. This may turn into something more, but you still don't have that fundamental ability to create space Mm -hmm. for rest and for friendships and for your marriage. And then you look up and God forbid the company's everything you want it to be. And I've lost Michael. Absolutely. I have goosebumps because you're so right. How do you, how do you like, how have you found that balance? Have you sat like put some time aside each day? Do you start your morning? How do you guys even make sure that every single day you start on the same foot saying, Hey, Mm -hmm. all right, Lord, I'm here. I'm here with Michael. Like we're going to read our, I I see a lot of my friends, they'll do their um, devotionals Mm -hmm. together and like want to start the day out on like a fresh new foot and saying, Hey, where can we take this week or this day? Mm -hmm. Um, What do you guys kind of do just on a day-to-day basis that you would like to share that could even just kind of spur somebody else to think along those lines too? I think First of all, this is something that we're currently talking a lot about. And that's okay. And how do we Yeah, that's good. How do we find time that's structured and routine and what day a week? We actually just said this week we were going to have quiet time on Friday mornings and I'm just remembering and it's Friday at 9 p.m. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but we want I was awake and ready. <laughs> I had my Bible open, I had coffee. I, he was waiting on no. me. You, you might had have your been. markers no. out, didn't you? Yeah. No, yeah. He's yeah. the he's the morning guy and I'm not so much I think that we've been we have talked about it and it's something that we continually talk about. It's like, hey, what does that look like for us? Because mm-hmm. our schedules are quite opposite. Different, yeah. Yeah, yeah because um, in my line of work, I am up early and I can be home at earlier than normal or I can be home later. Um, and so like Brittany just said is that, okay, hey, it, it, it sounds crazy, but we literally have had to say, okay, hey, you know what? It's just going to be Friday mornings that is our time together mm-hmm. um, for um, reading the Word and mm-hmm. um, studying. And that's not so much um, – there might be sometimes where – and we've said this and we've and we've done it on and off. Um, but there have been some times where it's like, okay, hey, let me read you this passage. Or I was reading this in N.T. Wright's book or mm-hmm. C.S. Lewis's book. And, and, we'll, and we'll share things that we've read. But 
there is something to be said about just being right next to the to your spouse um, and studying the word. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Brittany and I, we have busy schedules, so it it's a it's not a battle, but we do have to work it really that's hard. Something that's harder for yes, us. Yes, yeah, and reading. It's harder for us to sit down with each other to read that now. At the same time. She has her quiet time, and she reads, and she knows I have my time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, we, and, and we'll talk about things that we've learned. Um, but just to sit down with each other, that is we're, I mean, if we're just being candid here, we are working on that. Yeah. And it's just, it is something that I'm sure... I mean, we're only two years into marriage, so don't, you know, there are obviously a lot of people out there that have a lot more years <laughs> under their belt, but people will tell you, you have to make the time, okay. and there's no yeah. excuses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, Brittany and I, it's just, it's a constant working effort, yeah. mm-hmm. but we know, hey, this is something that we need in our life. Mm-hmm. And I think we both use that time differently. Sure. And that's something I've had to learn over the last couple of years that the way that Michael goes into his quiet space and his quiet time is very different than me. And it looks different. And just because he hasn't underlined different things in his Bible or taken notes or he doesn't come to me and say, I was praying today and this is what I'm learning, doesn't mean that he's not in that space with the Lord. But instead, that means this is something I'm doing in all of my relationships, whether it's business or friendship or marriage. I'm really trying to be better about learning how other people give and receive love. Mm. And instead of this was my goal for last year to learn how Michael receives love and not assume that because I'm words of affirmation and acts of service, that that's how he feels loved by me, by giving how I feel loved. But Mm. instead realizing Michael, is he operates different than I do. And his time with the Lord is different than mine. And just because it's not different doesn't mean that it's wrong. But instead, it's choosing to take a step back and understand Michael gets up and opens his Bible and will just sit there and read and consume and close it Mm -hmm. and go about his day. And I'm thinking, Mm -hmm. was that enough? Like, what? I don't say that. But for me, it looks different. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you've ever felt that way about me, but we're learning to ask more questions and to ask, what's the Lord showing you right now? Or... Mm -hmm. How have you spent time with him lately? Or what have you enjoyed reading? And for Michael, it's always, I shouldn't say always, but a lot of times it's more Mm theology-based. And he's listening to N.T. Wright and different podcasts, and he's reading the Bible and really understanding it Mm -hmm. in the context. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's very relationship-driven. Sure. And it's prayer, and it's the Jesus Calling devotional, Mm -hmm. and it's reading different parts of my Bible and more bite size because that's how I, I learn better. Mm-hmm. And it's cool because, again, it goes back to everything else where the opposites allow us to become more full because he challenges me to do more of what feels like heavy lifting. And hopefully that goes the other way too. But 
we've, we're learning a lot. And I think two years in, you start to get into a routine mm-hmm. of what it's looked like. And we've just recently looked up and thought, man, we could be so much stronger as a couple mm-hmm. if we chose to get up every Friday morning and spend 30 minutes just sitting at the table together, whether we're talking or not, whether we're talking about how can I pray with you and for you this week, or it's just sitting there together quietly. There's something so beautiful about observing your spouse Mm -hmm. being in that space with the Lord, even if you're not talking. Mm -hmm. I love that. I think that's so powerful Mm -hmm. because it's not something I, I ask that question to like have an immediate response and then we go on, but it's really something to be well thought out. And because it is a journey, Mm -hmm. you are date someone for so long and then you marry them and then you're like, Oh, okay. Now I need to actually know how, um, we want to continue on this foundation that we've built. Mm-hmm. Are there any like particular questions? This might be a tough question to, to ask though, or any like thoughts that come to mind when you think back to being single that you wish you would have asked each other or wish you would have known about sooner. Michael's laughing. <laughs> uh Oh, um, this isn't a loaded question, but I, <laughs> I just think it's valuable for me and my single girls thinking, Hey, what other questions should we just be thinking through? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily another question to hound these poor single guys that <laughs> we, you know, are trying to date. <laughs> but um, it's just more along the lines of what has there been a moment where you're like, oh man, I I either love that about this person and this is why, or I just wish I would have known this before I'm I'm here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What comes to mind? Anything that comes to mind is going to work great. You go first. Okay. I communicate a lot. Sure. Too much. Too much. We're learning that. He's the quiet one, and I'm the one that will just keep talking until we arrive at wherever I think we're supposed to be. But when we were dating, I was thinking, what are all the right questions? What do I need to know? And then we went through our premarital counseling. It was, let's talk about all the things. And I really was analytical about... Are we on the same page? Is this compatible? Is this going to work? How, mm-hmm. Is there something we haven't talked about? And one thing that I wish I would have been more aware of was paying more attention to acts. And I think when you're dating, especially as a woman, I know I was this way, we think about all the questions and all the conversations and all the answers. And what did he mean when he said that? And how does he treat me with his words? But one thing that I look back on with Michael that was such a clear green light that I didn't even appreciate was the way he treated me. And more than that, the way he treated other people when we were dating and together, whether I was with him or not, the things that he was telling me that were a part of his world that I look back on and think, why would you have any question? Because the Lord placed you in that car, in that parking lot, waiting to go inside to eat that pizza And Michael was telling you about something he cares about and that love that he has for others Mm -hmm. that I was able to witness while we were dating is a testament of his character, not so much of just his talk and his words. So that's something I have learned reflecting back on because I think now that's such a big piece of our marriage and that's such a big piece of who he is and who I love And it's influenced my life. And even this podcast, it's influenced how I've wanted to go about conversations and just convictions on how I want to have this space. And I don't know that I appreciated that for what it was when we were dating. Hmm. 
I forgive you. I'm just kidding. Um, Nobody I, knows your sarcasm. No, I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think that it it would have been that I I would have after that that and I say this laughing, but after that first premarital counseling class merge, I wish I merge. would I wish I would have been more vocal. I wish I would have been asking her more questions um, and realizing, okay, hey, in a way that I can step up to really show her love. Because I think at the time we thought, hey, uh, yes, there's always things that we need to be working at in our relationship. But I wish I would have realized, okay, hey, how she receives love and been more aware of that. Mm-hmm. Um because I think that I am, yes, I'm quiet and I'll tend to suppress things a lot, which is not the healthiest of things, but I will, I will be, I'm guilty of what's going on around me and seeing other people's reactions and um, looking at other people. Um, walking into the restaurant or trying to analyze them and that is it can hinder a a relationship because it can I could be thinking I wonder what that family's feeling I wonder what that family's thinking they look like they're struggling or whatever it might be instead of Saying, okay, well, hey, Brittany and I are compatible and we'll just get to that, you know, down the road. I wish I would have been more observant and more um, asking more questions and willing to understand her of, okay, hey, she says she's acts, acts of service and words of affirmation. What does that look like? Because that was just something new to me. And so I wish I would have been more... Um, open about that. So, yeah. I I love that you both have mentioned a few times. I don't know if you guys are familiar, but Gary Chapman has a book. It's called The Five Love Languages. And it has been something that's shaped my life and my singlehood because, and even in work, once I get to know someone's love language, it changes the game Mm -hmm. for me Mm -hmm. because then it makes sense of, Why does this person always want to hang out? Well, it's quality time. Mm -hmm. That is their love language. That's their main love language. And I don't know if we take that uh, almost serious enough in our dating life, Um, but I love that you both have mentioned that a few times um, today of just how much that means to your relationship and just for the growth. Mm -hmm. Because once you're able to recognize, hey, Britt needs this because this is how it fills her up, Mm -hmm. then you're able to come to the the table at a different perspective um, and you don't have to exhaust yourself with the the other love languages if it doesn't even apply to her. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if gifts are not the thing, then, you know, that's okay. You don't have to go out and and spend Mm -hmm. a bunch of money. If it's more, she needs the words of affirmation. So, okay, I got to take the five minutes just to reaffirm. Um, and I know we're laughing because it, it happens all the time. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's funny that you say that because there's been things where I love to. So I am, I'm quality time in touch. Mm-hmm. 
but I love to buy gifts for people and especially my wife. But there was times that I would buy her things and just, Hey, I know you had mentioned this, or I just saw this and thought it'd be great. And we talked one evening and she just said, Hey, I love though, when you just write a note in a card, I love when you just are able to sit on the couch with me and encourage me or build me up. And I just kind of sat there with a blank stare on my face going, okay. How um, did this conversation come about? Brittany, did you? I'm going to jump in. because. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> I don't she, remember. She's like, uh-oh. But I, because I think that that's another interesting point of like it is so valuable because once you know, then you're good. Yeah. But it's having those conversations and you can outright say, okay, what's your love language? Mm-hmm. And to another person that could mean really nothing until you're in the space where you're starting to actually see ways that you can continue to love that person on a more intimate level. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes too, it's asking, Hey, what's something that I've done lately that's hmm. made you feel loved? Yeah. I've asked him that question before and (laughs) he's always like, well, let me think about that. Can I tell you later? (laughs) Yeah. But I'd like for you to tell me, because sometimes it's thinking about things that have happened recently. Hey, when you filled up my gas tank and I got in the car and my gas tank was full and I thought it was empty, I felt so loved. He's like, really? Yeah. That made me feel loved. I think I would fall over if that happened to me. This is great, especially during COVID. Like, I don't (laughs) have to stop. I don't have to get all the germs all over me. But sometimes it's asking that question versus, especially in a dating relationship, versus Mm -hmm. feeling like it has to be intense what is your love language but instead hey what's something you've seen me do for somebody else or something that 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 I have done that's made you feel appreciated by me mm-hmm. and I know that's still an intense question but I think if you're in that space with somebody and you really want to know hopefully that would make them feel loved and seen mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. let's let's dive a little bit even into the last few months because of And for those that are kind of tuning in, and even if you're tuning in five years from now, um, right now we're in the midst of our quarantine COVID 2020. It's a season that we'll never forget. Um, I'm going to be bold and ask the question of what have you guys learned about each other now that you are in this space where there's not a lot of um, getting out? So... Where, Big what breath. Is, Do you see you, that? Yeah. Have you guys learned anything in particular? Just share some giggles of like something that has happened um, in the last few months, just because I think it's it's very appropriate for right now. I think that it's been healthy for us to keep this for me to keep the same schedule. I just think that you know working um, in the family business. My dad had said, hey, if you want to work from the house um, and then you can go out in the field when you need to, that's totally fine. There's no need to really come in to the office unless you want to. And I just, I, two days into working from home, I just realized, hey, you know what? For Brittany's sanity and my sanity, it's going to be best that I'm in the office and back out in the field because I have to be up moving around and I need music in the background and that's just how I best operate. And so 
It's been probably better for us because we had some friends tell us, hey, when when they work under the same roof, by the time it gets time, um, by the time the spout or by the time they're cooking uh, supper and where last year, whether you were with your roommate or your spouse or you were going out on a date, you could talk with that person. It's like, hey, this is what my day was like. And you could have a conversation and unpack your day. And we've had some friends tell us, well, when they're working under the same roof, roof, yeah, it's great for the first few weeks. But then by the time it comes to dinner and usually that space where you would talk about your day and, and unpack it and what did you learn or whatever it might be, you know everything that happened with that person. So it becomes kind of this awkward silence. Um, and I don't know if that's really the exact word to use, but I just feel like it was healthier for us that I just kept the same schedule. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. You just continue to say, okay, Britt, I love you, <laughs> but staying under the same roof for that many hours, day in, day out. And I think, Michael, that resonates with so many people. Mm-hmm. Um, in so many marriages. And I mean, if you look at the tabloids, people are going in and out of their marriages left and right. Um, and that's really based off of, in my opinion, more off of the foundation. And it's something that you guys have, have led the charge in so well with just in our own friend group and being able to continue to kind of look to you guys of how, how are you navigating? Because in my eyes, I'm like, oh man, I would... I don't know how all of my married friends and our sweet mamas with mm. three, four, five kids running around and having to adapt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brittany, do you have anything that you've kind of thought of in the last few months of, hey, this is really where I've grown through this? Because in the grand scheme of things, it truly is a huge blessing. Mm-hmm. You see families coming together. You see everyone just taking the time to pause and say, okay, what actually matters and how can we build from here? Yeah. Um, have you seen anything kind of come from that? I'm going to tell on myself. In the beginning, being more of a homebody loving to work from home and be with our dog Tucker all day and then Michael comes home and I think in the beginning having an excuse to be home was a very very dangerous thing for me because I like being home and when all of a sudden your calendar is wiped and you don't have church on Sundays and it's another Saturday and you watch church from home and you don't have all of your dinners with friends or whatever it is that you have on your calendar normally is not there anymore. And instead you have coffee dates over FaceTime or you're talking with your friends over Marco Polo or voice memos. And then you're home, which for me is my comfort. It's not the best place to be. So I learned pretty early on that sometimes things that make you get out of your comfort And when you work from home and you're home all day, getting ready to go out to see a friend, that truly is so filling and so good. And it was convicting and I learned something about myself when in the beginning I thought, 
this is kind of nice. This is kind of nice. We can finally slow down. I feel like I've been running my whole life Mm -hmm. from high school to college to post-college to marriage to running a company to here. I have always been running and it's always been busy. And now I just have an excuse to sit on my couch on a Tuesday because I don't have to go do that thing. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning, that rest was good. But I think too much of anything is dangerous and bad. And learning how to hopefully get back into more of our normal routine as things start to go back with more boundaries in place where we do know how to rest and protect our space, but also so appreciating the things that maybe used to feel like burdens or inconveniences or, oh, I have to go do that. Appreciating that and realizing how good it really is for us to be Mm -hmm. with people Mm -hmm. and doing things that surround us with people. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, as we're talking about this, I just think about all the different people in all the different seasons, whether you Mary Beth owns a home and is a single woman in Dallas that owns a home and cares for a home and just has this beautiful space that's hers. And I think about that. I think about college freshmen. I think about newly married couples. I think about couples that are pregnant and having babies or like you said, the parents that are homeschooling and have all the kids running around, or maybe it's someone in their 80s that's sick that is alone right now because they can't see anybody. I think about all those different things, and I think we also need one another because we all have this pit that is far too close. And no matter where you are, it's more present now than it used to be mm-hmm. because there's more space for loneliness. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool to be able to have conversations with people and just say, I'm so blessed in this way. And Michael and I have this apartment in Grapevine and this community of other people that live really close around us and we have one another, but this is where it's hard. And then being mm-hmm. able to talk to somebody else and they have their thing too. Mm-hmm. We need one another so, so much and we need to be thankful, but also to be honest. Mm-hmm. so that we can lean in a little bit more and cheer one another on. That's exactly it. And it's just taking the time to dive a little bit deeper than we did before. And that's really kind of where I want to kind of round out our time together today mm-hmm. is for those that are just kind of on the fence of, you know, they're either exploring their own faith or they're exploring a new relationship. Or you guys, they've, they've had 30 years Is there anything that kind of comes to mind as far as um, taking that next step and just feeling a little bit more empowered to to make that decision? Um, What like what advice do you guys have, whether that be faith related or just relationships? Um, Is there anything that kind of comes to mind for that? Do you want to go or me? (laughs) Um, I don't know how you want to round that up. I think that first off, you guys listening to us. Thank you. You know, I I think always you want to seek, um, and I say this, and I I know you guys aren't seeking wisdom from us. You might be. I appreciate that. (laughs) Is seeking out wisdom from elders. Finding people in your community that have experienced life, that have experienced certain things, and learning from them. Hey, there might be some things that they say that you're like, okay, that won't apply to me. But there, but they could have one small little nugget that really applies to your life. Um, but just in in regards to whether you're 
new to faith or, you know, you're just, you're walking on this journey now with Christ is ask questions. There is no right or wrong answer or question. There's no wrong question. Um, No question is stupid. And don't be afraid. And I think that's something as Christians that we have really kind of messed up on is this fear of, hey, you just, hey, if you doubt, oh, that's, that's a no-no. Well, no, if there's things that you doubt and there's things that you don't feel comfortable on, you're like, hey, I just don't understand that. That doesn't make sense to me. Say it, ask it, because when you're vulnerable like that, there there is someone else, I promise you, there is someone else out there that has experienced that. And even when with our marriage, we've talked to friends that have gone through things and we've said, hey, this is what we're struggling with. We don't really know. Talking, you know, communication, you know, me, I keep things um, kind of suppressed and Brittany shares all the time. And it's kind of frustrating for both of us. And we feel um, like we're the only ones. And lo and behold, that couple's like, oh, we went through that same thing. We still go through that same thing. So I know this is a long answer to your question. I'm sorry. But just always have the mindset of learning. Posture yourself for learning. Um, And don't be afraid to ask questions. And if you say, hey, I feel like what you're telling me, I'm doubting that or I'm doubting my faith or I'm doubting what Christ is saying. Okay, great. I can give you a ton of references where there are well-known Christians that have had the same thoughts and the same doubts as what you're probably having, but they stuck with it. And so that's kind of a rambling answer, and I apologize about that. But it's just, hey, posture your heart for learning and don't be afraid to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, Mary Beth, I'm getting ready to throw you for a loop. <laughs> I want to just quickly turn the microphone and acknowledge that there are women that are listening to this episode that are thinking, this Mary Beth girl. <laughs> I like her. And I just know there are women that are going to just hear your voice and listen to your words and resonate. And I would love to give you a moment just to speak to that woman. And I don't know what it is that you want to say to her, but I would just love to to create space here where you can empower a woman that maybe relates to part of what you've shared today, or maybe it's just something off the wall that you think I'd really like an opportunity to say that. Mm -hmm. Well, Britt, it has been an absolute pleasure to spend some time just to reflect and take a moment to hang out with you guys and just have a true conversation because your relationship has been something I've always looked for towards and and I love being able to like live this whole process with you mm-hmm. and now that we've brought Michael along you know that, that's great <laughs> Even better. too um but I am very grateful um and I say that with a very heavy heart but I say that I'm grateful for the season that I'm in so for some more reference I am 28 
Um, and as Brittany mentioned, I am in the airline industry and extremely career focused. And I resonate with Brittany and that's why we've became such a truly good friends because of the business aspect, because we could bounce ideas off of each other and we just wanted to continue to grow individually and then also on the professional level. So get your girlfriends. If that's (laughs) something that sparks your interest, make sure that you have some girlfriends that you can really be able to um, just challenge yourself with because they're going to ask the hard questions in just kind of an organic way, Mm -hmm. whether that hits you in the moment or that hits you later um, when, you know, it's 10 o'clock and you're trying to go to bed and you're just, just, uh, you can have your minds filled with doubt of like, why am I in the season? Why am I here? Mm -hmm. But what I want to be able to communicate to all of my single girls are, let's, we just got to, we got to lock arms and, and do it together. And that you're not alone. And I know that so many people say that, um, but crank up some good music. Music has always been a huge thing. That's reference. Uh, just been a huge kind of reference point in my life. And I just, I love being able to have the Wheatful Woman community to lean on and to be able to grow from. And Britt, I'm just grateful for the continued efforts that you have made to bring us together in this time and in this season so that we don't feel like it's just an absolute just detriment to where we are mm-hmm. because society is going to tell you that you have to do this, this, and this before the age of 30. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case, you guys. I I am the first believer in that, and that's something I've learned because I went to a, a small private school and everyone else got married at 22. Mm-hmm. But I was reading today that... Marriage does not define anyone, and that is not the point of this podcast. It is a part of who are you going to have on your team um, and build you up, whether that's best friends, whether that's best friends' husbands, whether that's <laughs> hey, <y'all. laughs> anything. Um, you, you have your community. It's, yeah. it's just being vulnerable enough to say, man, you guys— Today was tough. You know, I spent three three hours crying about some lonely boy or whatever <laughs> it could be. Um, but I, I just want to continue to have hope in that and know that I am fulfilled because the Lord gives me that strength and that wisdom and the guidance that, listen, Mary Beth, or we call myself MB, so if you ever hear that <laughs> reference, you're, you're not alone and that is what the shield that I put on every day and saying, all right, Lord, I don't understand. I don't understand. It doesn't make sense because I have such a heart for a family and for all of these mm-hmm. things. And Lord, you're going to provide that. But it's just on your time, which is hard to wrap your head around when you've been praying for years. And before we all start crying... <laughs> We, um, again, I am grateful for these times and just for the memories and to be able to learn and grow from you guys. So thank you for letting me host. Thank you for letting me ask you a few questions. And again, I'm just so proud of you, Britt. So thank you for creating this community for us, for all women in all seasons of life. Of course. It wouldn't be here if it weren't for all the people. I talk about that, but it's all the people in the right place at the right time and you're definitely one of those people as I have tears coming out of my eyes, but I love you. And I'm so glad you're here. 
And this has been a really special time for me. I can't wait to listen back to this. It means a lot to me. Of course. Thank you, Brittany. Thank you. So what we learned from this is you guys find a Brittany and an MB in your life, and you should be good to go. (laughs) And no, but seriously, um, I'm going to say this real quick, is... I, I don't know if it was UMB or you, Britt, that said y'all's relationship is, I believe, a true best friendship. You guys stood out in the parking lot and said, hey, we're going to join this community group. And you locked arms and you bust down the door and you did that. You guys also have had where you guys didn't see eye to eye on some <laughs> things. And... You had to admit that, mm-hmm. and you and you guys may have said, "Okay, you know, what? I think we might need a break." Mm-hmm. And then you came back, and it's like you guys never lost a step. Mm-hmm. And that has just been something really amazing to watch. And so I say all that to say it that for everyone listening, that Brittany has really poured her heart and soul into this um, in a. Wanting to create a community, wanting to make sure that, hey, if you girls don't have someone, this is a safe place. You you can come here. Um, or what it looks like to find your best girlfriend. That, hey, it's okay. You're going to have um, good days and bad days with your best friend. And that's what, uh, but that's what a friendship is. And you, if you are a part of this community, you know that this is something so, so special. And if you know someone that needs to be a part of this community, then tell them about it because they, I, I, I guarantee you, they will thrive here. And so I just know how much Brittany loves you guys. I know how much MB loves you guys. And it is something, it's something truly special to watch the community that's growing here. And I thank you guys for all the words of encouragement that you give my wife with what she's with, with what she's doing and what she's trying to build for you guys. It's a team effort. I love you guys. I love you guys. Wonderful. We'll see you guys soon. Bye. Thank y'all. Okay, you're on. I said that my superpower was going to be strength, and my wife just told me, that's a bad answer. <laughs> so so some, what's, what's your better answer? Some safe community this is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. That was, not that was the it. one question he wanted to get asked that he didn't. So what, what so is your better? What is your superpower? Yeah, what is it? Strength. If it's, if it's not strength, what's the better one? What's strength? What does that even mean? Teleport. Like the Hulk. Oh. Or like Captain America. That's every man's answer. Mine would be every, I want to know every single language. I want to be able to speak it fluently. So take your strength and go somewhere else with your... That's not really a superpower. That's like, you can do that though. Uh, not every language. You can be strong too. Yeah. But like... Mr. 6'7". Like, but, like Hulk strong? Yeah. Okay, we gotta watch the the market. I see where you're going. I would want to be able to be anywhere I want to be when I want to be there. Oh. Like to be able to just be in California. Okay. Or just be in Europe or okay. just be wherever. You just want to like... Just time travel. Time travel. Oh, time it. travel would be cool. That's different. But yeah, that'd be cool. Hey guys, did you enjoy our season finale? Season one is wrapped and I can't believe it. 
It has gone so quick and we are already working on season two that is releasing here very, very soon. I want to get plugged in with MB and Michael. You can find them both on Instagram at MaryBethCarter and at Michael.Goff21. We can't wait to catch you in season two and we will talk to you soon. Did you enjoy this episode? Would you hit that subscribe button, leave us a five-star review, and share this podcast with a girlfriend? A great way to help us get the word out is by screenshotting this episode on your cell phone and tagging us at Wheatful Woman to your Instagram story. We'd love to hear your favorite parts of the show so we can keep creating episodes that show up to serve you. Thanks for tuning in and we can't wait to catch you next time.